Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Let's spend a little bit of time talking about um, mental health and addiction. You know, we spend a lot of time debating housing, uh, but one of the other issues we talk a lot about in this city is mental health and addiction and the ramifications uh, that uh, that people are uh, actually dealing with because of that very core issue. It can be safety and security. Uh, it's the issue of our fentanyl uh, crisis where people have, uh, well, over 12,000 British Columbians um, have died. It is an ongoing debate because there are many who don't agree with the issue of safe supply. Others say, look, if we want to keep people alive, you have to speak to and address, address the issue of su- uh, supply and safe supply is the way to go. Others disagree that government shouldn't be uh, focusing on that issue. Um, there are many city councillors who have come forward and say, look, we understand the issue of decriminalization as well here in this province, uh, but they've moved forward in motions in many city councils around um, uh, British Columbia to make it illegal to consume drugs in, in parks and in beaches as well, uh, responding to uh, public uh, outrage as well. So there's ongoing issues. Just uh, the other day, we had uh, the public health officer, Dr. Bonnie Henry, along with Lisa LaPointe, um, along with other uh, health professionals, speak publicly because of the Yak Times vitriolic polarizing debate and some of it egged on by elected officials uh, who are trying to score points in regards to what all this means to the average person. Will you be safe? Does that mean your children will have easy access to, to drugs? Now, listen to Lisa LaPointe here, BC's uh, chief coroner, in regards to why she spoke out the other day in regards to the conversation we're having in and around drugs. Take a listen. This is a health issue and for it to be co-opted for uh, I don't know, personal gain, political gain, it's frustrating. You know, we, we as a corner service have been involved in this crisis since day one, and we speak to families daily um, about their losses and about their pain and what they're experiencing. And these are real people. Um, it, it frustrates me to um, see people potentially for their own gain trying to create divisions trying to um, make claims that really aren't true. And and we know uh, from all of those who have expertise in this field that we need a continuum of care. This is a complex health issue that requires a thoughtful, collaborative continuum of care for people. Um, Not a dichotomy. This is not an either-or. This is and, and, and what we need. That is Lisa LaPointe, BC's Chief Coroner, talking about the complexity of the issue. I struggle with this issue as well, just as a, as a talk show host. There's so many opinions. They can be incredibly polarizing. You try to get a sense of what's real and what's not. But uh, when you have lots of rhetoric thrown around by activists, sometimes elected officials, sometimes others in the media as well, it is a, um, a tough issue to tackle. Well, our next guest certainly is trying to uh, get to the point in regards to where does the public actually stand when it comes to um, prescription and non-prescription opiate drugs and their use here in British Columbia. Joining me now is Mario Conseco, president of the Research & Co. polling company. Mario, thank you for joining us. 
My pleasure, Jess. Great to be here with you. Yeah, my apologies for the long introduction, but I thought it was important that uh, we sort of set this up in, in a proper way because it is incredibly complex. Give me a sense of what you started to do in regards to getting a sense of where British Columbians stand on this issue. Well, I think Ms. Lapointe is absolutely correct. Uh, what we hear from the public is essentially a wish for a holistic approach to the issue of opioids. Uh, we hear a lot about conflicting arguments in favor of specific things against others. And when we ask British Columbians, when we ask Metro Vancouverites, when we ask Canadians, what we hear is uh, a high level of support for all types of solutions. And I think part of what is missing and one of the reasons why the rating for governments is so low is that um, we haven't really found a way to incorporate all of these ideas. And this is what is making uh, Metro Vancouverites particularly call for something that is uh, better than what we have right now. Do Vancouverites support uh, a regulated drug supply? Uh, the level of support for a regulated drug supply uh, reaches 69% in Metro Vancouver. Uh, it's definitely something that people would like to see happening. I think if we had any other product, uh, whether acquired legally or illegally, that was killing six people a day in the province, the action would be taken swiftly. And I think this is one of the reasons for people, particularly young people, to say we need to stop this from happening. We don't want people to die because they're using opioids. Uh, we also have a high level of support for continuing the discussion related to abstinence, rehabilitation and recovery at 81 percent and high level of support also for people who wish to get treatment for substance use or addiction issues. The problem is we have all of these issues and all of them are supported by a majority of BC residents. And part of the problem that we're having when, when we debate this in the media is one is higher than the other, one is superior, one is the one that we should try to do. People scoring political points, discussions about whether you would do this better than the government that is right now uh, in charge. Uh, but nothing gets done and we continue to have these dreadful numbers of residents who are dying. So uh, how do you sort of, um, I'm trying to uh, uh, dissect what you're talking about here. In one case, we are supporter, supportive of collectively, uh, the majority of people support the idea of safe supply, but at the same time, the majority of us also want to see uh, drug treatment. Uh, they want to see rehabilitation, recovery and abstinence as well. Yes. Uh, what we're hearing from British Columbians, Metro Vancouverites on, on this particular survey, is uh, that they want to have an opportunity for everybody to deal with this at their own pace. Uh, there's also a high level of support for mandatory treatment at 72%. So you want to have the opportunity for people to make their own decisions. And it's not picking one thing after the other. I think Ms. Lapointe is right when she says it's not either or, it's and, and, and. This is what we have received consistently when we ask British Columbians about what they feel about these issues. Because the only thing that is really polarizing is the concept of decriminalization. Uh, the last time we asked it was at 40%. It's a minority. It's something that isn't appealing to everybody at the same uh in the same fashion in specific areas of, of BC. But everything else is supported by more than half. And I think this is part of the reason for the debate to be losing its luster. I don't think you have to look at an 81% result on a survey and say, this is what we have to do. 
when you have 77, 72, 56, 67% who say this is something that we should consider also. So, um, but I'm trying to understand this. So British Columbians like the idea of, uh, of rehabilitation and recovery, which basically says more treatment centers, uh, which Mr. Polyev and many others, including the BC United, have been pushing. At the same time, those same British Columbians uh, uh, are, are, you know, are supportive of, of like I said, a safe supply as well. Uh, yeah. Those, <laughs> it's a hard thing to sort of uh, accept. So basically, they're saying yeah. we like what the government's doing on safe supply. We, we we're okay with that, and we can continue that. But boy, you better have treatment centers available as well. So it's a little of both. It's a little of both. I think part of what we see is uh, an insistence that if somebody wants to to get better, if somebody wants to no longer be seeking this type of sub- of substance legally or illegally. Uh, they should have an opportunity to go to a place where they can be taken care of. And this also applies for everything that we see related to safe supply. Uh, it's We have a, a, a bit of a generational shift. I think what we see more than anything is the 18 to 34 demographic, both in BC and in Metro Vancouver, showing a lot more empathy to what is going on. Higher levels of support for safe supply, higher levels of support for treatment. And what we have with the over 55 generation, which is the one that wins your municipal elections when you think about it, yes, is we don't see that type of empathy. We don't see that type of situation. It's mostly, you know, get them off the streets. We need to do things differently, send them to treatment whether they want to or not. So you have those two very hardened views and you have Generation X in the middle going, I think there's a lot of stuff about this that is that, that makes sense and should be implemented. But I'm not going to take sides and believe that one option is better than the other. It's the kind of thing that is significantly easy for somebody like Pierre Polier, because he hasn't run a government uh, ever. Well, as a Gen Xer, I can tell you I'm very confused sometimes on this issue <laughs> because you hear so many perspectives. Uh, will, will, will we ever reach a time where drug decriminalization, you think, would be supported by the majority? Is it still going to be around the 40% range? Like People still have challenges with it. I think they understand the concept behind it, but they're still challenged by the the idea of somebody consuming hard drugs at a local park when their kids could be around. Well, I think there's a lot of reservation on that, particularly because of the way in which we have dealt with marijuana legalization. It hasn't significantly dented the illegal market in a way, even though you have an opportunity for young people to get engaged and to try to bring that part of their lives into something that is more legal. Part of the complexity here is you would need, in order to decriminalize or to legalize, if you want to go that route, uh, you would need a very specific set of guidelines. And there's no guarantee that the black market is not going to exist if you do this. It's a lot easier to deal with something like this, particularly with marijuana. But when we're talking about cocaine, heroin, things of that nature, we're not going to get that level of support. And we don't see a lot of support for outright legalization. I've been asking this this question in Canada for the past five years. You never have more than 15% of people saying, yes, cocaine should be legalized. Yeah, I think there's a much big difference between uh, cocaine and cannabis. And I think that's where most Canadians, uh, uh, they feel the same as well. So that's for sure. Well, very interesting conversation. Uh, I know this is an ongoing one, especially with a provincial election coming next year and probably a federal election somewhere along the way too in the next 18 months. So it's going to be very interesting as to how uh, elected officials uh, deal with this issue and articulate their views on this issue. That's for sure. Mario, thank you. My pleasure, Jess. Anytime.